Uh, hey, you have all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to do is try to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts... Yeah, you know, that that are on your mind, physical feelings, emotional sensations, changes in routine or weather or season, whatever's keeping you awake. It could be some, one of those things. It could be something else. I'd like to distract you from those things. What I'm going to do is send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to put on my meanderwear, which enables me to take long meanders, meander baths, like a bit like a bird bath, like like here. Well, here we'll return to that question. Questions about bird baths, uh, you know, allows my brain to raise nonsensical questions and attempt to. Uh, it, it, yeah, this I guess one technique I never described it before, but because I, I just realized it, I ask. Well, I just had it, ask nonsensical questions and attempt to, that I'm unqualified to answer. <laughs> I think I think that's what I was about to say. But here's what I'm going to do. If you're new here, here's the structure of the show. Five minutes of business so that we can keep making this podcast and offer it for free. And if you like the show and you want to take up an offer, you know, keep it going, whatever is at the top of the show, it's great. Uh, Then we have an intro that's usually about 12 minutes long. That's what we just started. And it'll be like an attempted metaphor to describe how the podcast works. Also an attempt to make you feel welcome because I'm glad you're here. And to put you, you know, if you if you're skeptical, it'll it'll this will this has a dual thing. It makes you more skeptical and also puts your skepticism at ease. And you know, then we'll have the story portion of that episode tonight. It'll be like a kind of made up uh, story. Well, made up imaginary museum visit. But this podcast is a little bit ridiculous. It's a little bit off kilter. And strange, but all in fun to to kind of take your mind off stuff, bring some lightness to bedtime, and you know help ease you into bed. Maybe look for maybe to start look looking forward to bedtime. I, I don't know whatever I can do to help. I guess is what I try to say. And there's definitely no rules with this podcast. Now you don't really need to listen. You could start listening, and ideally, I'll distract you. And you'll be listening to me, but then at some point I'll lose your attention along the way as we cross over or I hold your hand or walk as your companion across that threshold from wake to sleep. So even though it's a podcast, you only barely have to listen to me, but, it, it, but at the same time, you're under no pressure to fall asleep because I'll be here for an hour to keep you company because I'm your boyfriend. And all that means is I'm trying to fill in that role, you know, that a lot of us used to have where you talk to somebody on the phone or you talk to your roommate or your sibling or your partner. Uh, and, and, you know, they kind of chitter chatter until you drift off or until they drift off. And, you know, somebody to keep you company because I've been there tossing and turning, staring at the ceiling in, in agony sometimes. And I know how it feels, and I know you deserve a good night's sleep. Everybody does. And sometimes it doesn't come easy, and it's weird that, you you know, you can't force it, and the harder you try. So this is kind of just to take the pressure off. So what was the thing I got distracted about? I already forgot what it was, really. 
Oh, bird baths. Let's see if I can make a metaphor out of bird baths in the next uh, six minutes uh, about the podcast. So, so actually, yeah, bird, so bird baths. I, like, I think there's, I know there still are bird baths. I don't know if there's any um, anthropologists or economists listening, but, you know, when was peak bird bath? Like, what year did bird bath? I mean, I guess, like, with the expanding and the globalization of our economy, bird baths are probably selling numbers-wise better than ever. But what was, like, the highest proportion of bird bath adoption? I mean, I'll make, a, like, a gross assumption and say it was post-WW2, but it's just a guess. Uh, but so, just in case anybody doesn't know what a bird bath is, usually a bird bath is, like, a, it looks like a big saucer on a pillar, and there's water in there, with ostensibly so a bird can come, come in there and take a bath, like, kind of like a fountain, uh, without, but it's it, it it doesn't have moving water. So so in a perfect world, a bird bath is like where someone gives it attention and they drain the water and they replenish it, and where there's a colony of birds that like to bathe. Because yeah, that's when a bird bath is at its best is when birds are bathing in there. Which brings up the next question: Is are they bathing or are they just playing around? And then are those like are those like what age birds are those? They say, well, don't go in that bird bath if you're just going to go in there and play around. I want you clean. They say, well, don't. I thought you said our natural oils protected us from the rain, Mom. Well, exactly. So don't go in that bird bath and be messing around and ruining the natural oils because. Uh, but that I like that bird bath. It just feels so, it's so fun. And actually, I think I'm getting clean because otherwise we just do it in the dirt. It's the same thing. And I don't know if that kind of conundrum comes up for you at that time, but for me it does. Like my brain can be like that, um, that bir- that uh, parental bird. This is what do you do? You're going to get in the bird bath and just play around in there? Well, that's a bad idea. Well, why is it? A ba- it's a bird bath. I'm a bird. It's a bath. I know technically it's more. It's not a bird. Yeah, they say it's not a bird play. It's a bird bath. And our type of bird, finch, you know, finches don't bathe. I hate to tell tell you, Junior, but uh, finches, we don't bathe. We're no, you know, you know, whatever those other ones are, they maybe they bathe, you know, Stellar Jace. Ugh. Mom, I thought we would always say nice things about Stellar Jace. Well, anyway, like, and that's, uh, that's my bird mom and my bird, my aunt, uh, I have different brain parts like that. They said, well, I'm just going to get in the bird. Well, that's not a good idea because that's at a human house. Yeah, the humans put the bird bath there because they like birds. And they say, oh, no, 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 you don't know. You really don't know anything. You're just a, a childlike bird. Yeah, exactly. I'm just a child. I'm just a bird kid. I just want to get in that bird bath and, you know, I just like flapping my wings. It feels so good. Maybe you could come in the bird bath. Oh, no, I'm not getting in the bird bath and neither are you. Well, yeah, I am. I, I, I just want to get in that bird bath, you know, flick my feet. My friends are going to be there, too. I, I, and say, oh, you need friends now, too. You're going to go in the bird bath. So I don't know if that comes up for anybody else at bedtime about anything. I, uh, but it does for me when I can't sleep and when I, you know, <laughs> in during the day and in the morning. And it can be hard to get out of that mode to say, well, I'm just going to get it. Like, like if there was like a well-adjusted finch. Like, uh, is that David Finch? It's David Fincher, right? And I guess they wouldn't, like, they say, hey, this bird, let the birds get in there and splash. It's nice. Like, like uh, sometimes it's nice to splash in a bird bath. And 
look at the family inside. They're looking at the bird bat. They're smiling, watching the birds, uh, you know, uh, have you ever seen a bird smile? We, we don't smile. We're finches. And he's saying, no, 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 we do smile. We just have to get in. And then, like, it's really hard to talk that part of you. Say, let's, I bet you if you get in the bird bath, you'll smile. And then I guess the, the, the moral of the story would be, that was the, but, you know, it could be the, but I guess sometimes at bedtime, it feels like you can't do that. Just get in the bird bath for, you know, just let's do it. And then the bird gets in the bath and it smiles. Uh, but but uh, at bedtime, it can just feel like the other side, where it's just this constant rigmarole. And it's hard to just take a breath and say, hey, just can you just leave me alone? I, I don't even want to talk about the bird bath. I just like to go to sleep. I'm tired. And I'd like to get off of this uh, bird bath discussion and maybe just feel the glory. But you say, well, okay, we'll just feel the glory of the bird bath, the glorious bath of a bird. Maybe that could be, if, I, if my 15th autobiography, maybe that's what it'll be titled, The Glorious Bath of a Bird, The Glorious Bird Bath. I like that, The Glorious Bird Bath by Finch E. F. Finch Jr. Okay, thanks. Thanks. I even got the bird's name wrong that I was making up. Uh, but the whole idea of the podcast, if you're new or if you've been here a while, is to say, okay, well, this is, it's just a nice little bird bath. And I realize there's these bird, other bird parts of us that are trying to, you know, keep vigilant, keep watch, keep us safe. Maybe that part of us needs a little love and respect, too. And, it, you know, at bedtime, this is like tough stuff. So I, what I'll do is say, hey, let me tell you a story. I'm not even going to bring up uh, the BB, the bird bath anymore. I'm just going to tell you a little story here, and uh, maybe there'll be some birds in it, but, uh, you know, you just kick back and your human will lie there and they'll drift off, but I'll be here for an hour uh, to keep you company. And that's it. Like, you don't have to do anything. You just got to lie there. And that's basically how the podcast works, because I've been there. Uh, obviously, like, I got bird, I got bird bath on the brain. Bird bath on the brain? It probably, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. You could make the rest of the rhyme up, I'm sure. Uh, so if you're new here, I guess like I can. If you're skeptical, I get it. Now the podcast doesn't work for everybody. That's the only other catch. I hope it works for you. If it's if you if it doesn't, there's no pressure to like me. You know, I hope it helps you, but uh, you know, I can't guarantee it. Uh, so listen to it a few tries. The majority of reviewers say, hey, it took two or three tries for me to get used to this, and now I fall asleep to it all the time. You know, but I put it out for free. I work really hard at this show because I've been there. And what I say every opening is, is I'm glad you're here because I am, and I really hope and I really yearn to help you fall asleep. So thanks for stopping by. All right? Hey, everybody. Welcome to a, to a turn. It's been a while since we've been a run a while. It's been a while since we've done a trending Twitter, a true trending Twitter Tuesday episode. Uh, so I, I thought I'd uh, like, I have to give you a little background, but I thought we'd try one tonight. I just had, uh, this was two nights ago or two evenings ago. I don't know if you've ever had a childhood memory that you forgot about, a positive one, uh, that, that uh, crept around the edges of something, but it still wasn't quite complete, like a slow remembering or a bare, bare, like almost like a, like it's dawning, but it hasn't dawned yet. It hasn't dawned on me. I mean, they could be, you know, give me a t-shirt, you know, give me a tattoo that says it uh, never dawned on me. I guess it would also be punny for a sleep podcast. Uh, sleep with me, never dawned on me.
It, I guess it is also, you say, well, I don't quite get it, Scoots. It's exactly, it's just like the podcast. My catchphrases are like podcasts. In fact, mine are more like drop phrases. I don't catch them, I drop them. Fumble phrases. Uh, but so anyway, he, so it's it, like, I, so I, so let's see, let me give you the whole details. Let's slow it down, Scoots. You can't remember every, you can't misremember everything at once. Okay, so. It was why, so Top Chef, I don't know if anybody watches the show Top Chef. Um, I do, but I watch it after the season concludes normally, mostly because of inco- like incompetence. I just didn't even realize the season had started and it was already over. And that wasn't a big deal because I do like to watch it anyway in batches. And uh, like, I don't binge it, I guess I just watch it like... Uh, Maybe like three episodes a week on the weekend, like in the evening, late evenings, after I've concluded all my Star Trek watching. But so, in this was a good season of Top Chef. Um, and not, I haven't always been, again, I don't want to go down the road, but uh, I guess a rarely, like, like it's one of those shows that's like, it's momentary. It brings me someplace and you know, I go on the journey and then I kind of, like a lot of times I'm dissatisfied with the winner. And, or I don't really like it, but now then you say, well, which winner were you dissatisfied about, Scoots? And I say, well, this one, this season I was happy. I really liked all three finalists. So I was very happy with the winner this season. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Last season, couldn't tell you, um, honestly, I say, okay, what was the last season? And then I say, okay, well, I think I enjoyed it while I was watching it. And, uh, and yeah, so I guess I, but, but so anyway, I was enjoying this season of Top Chef. That's what I was trying to say. And I just happened to be watching one of the late episodes, like the last two or three episodes of the season this weekend. I finished it, I finished it last night. So I watched the last three episodes over the weekend. It's a Sunday evening now. And like during this episode, and this was so strange how our minds work and our memories work and our emotions that are tied to those things. Uh, but they had this part where they were only allowed to cook and with traditional Mayan uh, uh, cooking like uh, utensils and cooking techniques like grill. Anyway, just traditional Mayan cooking tools. And as they like showed the uh, the the like what they are going to be cooking with this this, this strange like a little tug on a string in the sweater of my mind was getting pulled, and I couldn't even figure out where like it, and it was definitely tied very deeply to a mo a po- positive emotion in uh, a memory that I couldn't quite see. And I don't know if you've had that, almost like a little kid pulling at your string, but even subtler than that, that I had to pause the show and take a moment and say, what is this? I'm feeling good, but it's a vague goodness from the past. And I said, what is it about these Mayan tools spread out on this table? And then I felt it again. It was this boyhood feeling and it was this sense of a welling uh, pride and ad- like adventure and curiosity. And I said, "What is this? Where where is this coming from?" And then I see, then I had a vision of Fort Stanwix, which I've ta- like uh, one of the uh, forts in upstate New York. And then I had a view of, of the edge of the woods of my childhood, like in the woods of my youth episode. 
And then I had a vision of a large, like, a giant stone slab, a giant stone, one of those ones that are uh, a huge, uh, I'd say definitely bigger, like, a, probably a foot thick and uh, not quite an oval, but that would be the best way to describe it, probably, like, a, if you're going top to bottom, seven, six, six feet by four feet, and that giant stone sat on some other stones, like on a far edge of uh, uh, where I grew up, like right at the edge of uh, the backyard of my neighbors, which would uh, was one of the places we adventured as a kid because it was overgrown grown with brambles. But right where this, this slab of stone was, a, 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 a blue, I don't know if it was a blue spruce, but it was a, a blue evergreen tree. And to say it was neg- this area of our yard was neglected by childhood attention would be a truce. Occasionally, like, so this memory was one where it got this attention, but this poor blue spruce in this uh, flat stone, they lived together. And because of the shade of the blue spruce, and I, I don't know if it was trimmed or just it didn't have lower branches, but the branches probably started at six feet and they created a canopy under which not much could grow between this giant slab of stone and the spruce. There was mostly uh, just dirt and, and uh, spru- whatever, uh, spruce, what are those things called? Spruce, uh, I can't even think of them. Uh, what do you call them? They're on Christmas trees. Uh, needles, like pine needle type things. And this wasn't just blue because I don't know my tree names anyway. I know this was an evergreen but it was like a lighter blue, almost like the blue of one of our station wagons, at least in my memory. And so this would have been a place you'd think I would have spent a large portion of my childhood hidden out under this tree with this slab. But it, I guess because uh, just my personality and stuff, I was always moving and wanting to be in the— I preferred the prickers and the brambles to this nice, safe place under this uh, spruce with this giant slab of stone— and with its uh, flat dirt floor. But occasionally we would go there and, and we would do things. And occasionally, I guess I would go there and play alone. And when I was watching the Top Chef, this was what was tugging at me. This was the place that was tugging at me. And then I started to see it. I started to see a young boy, me, baby Scoots, it wasn't a baby though, I don't know what age I was, it could have been anywhere from first grade to sixth grade, probably in the first to fourth grade range, and it must have recently been on a class trip to a museum, because what I did under that spruce tree with this giant slab was I went into the woods exploring, and I went around our yard exploring, and probably dug through the garage exploring, uh, to create my own museum. And I don't know if it was a fictional museum because it was, uh, but, but it, like, anyway, let's get back to the, the emotional memory part of it. As I was watching Top Chef, this was what was tugging at me. This boyish feeling of pride, this boyish feeling of the endless realm of imagination, this idea of uh, finding objects and giving them meaning and putting them on display, and then also this associative uh, positive memory with whatever positive experience I'd recently had at a museum. 
with probably a great docent who, of course, I, I remember the stone slab. I don't remember the docent. Uh, the, the idea that, uh, like, uh, that, that, that this was special, these objects were special, and they had these stories behind them. And I guess I get the idea of factual, like, like because it was play. It was pure play. The idea of the factual museum with the real museum, and that I could kind of create a history and put it on display. And I guess, like I said, when I was watching it and when, when I was uh, picking at this meaning and trying to see it, uh, there's not a lot I remember of it other than that feeling, that stone slab, that blue spruce tree, and open possibilities, but also the sense of, and this is a memory I don't have, like, a, this was a pure positive memory. I just have welling pride. I don't even know what the pride and fun and the pure uh, breathless joy. And yes, because it's a memory. Uh, but there is a pure breathless joy in there, too. And uh, again, I, I, so I, I'd like to take you there. I'd like to take you uh, to my museum under the spruce tree. Uh, tonight it will be a trending Twitter Tuesday. Uh, hello, hello, welcome, uh, welcome to uh, the Spruce Museum. Uh, do you have your tickets? Oh, you don't have any tickets. Well, my assistant uh, is gone missing. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm prof- I'm Professor Pineworth. I run the museum here, the Spruce Museum, and uh, well, do you, let's see. Do, 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 you know what today is? Uh, it's because it's Tuesday. It's a free day at the museum. Uh, so welcome, come on in. And why don't you have a seat here? We have this natural stone bench for all our guests. Welcome you. How was your journey to the museum? Oh, wonderful. And yeah, we have some picnic grounds out here. Now we don't allow any uh, food or consumption within the museum. But we do have, it's very good to have you here. So sit down and let me tell you about the foundation of the Spruce Museum. Now above you, we'll see, you'll see the grand blue spruce uh, that watches over our museum, precedes the foundation of the museum by many hundreds of thousands of years. And if you if you do become a sponsor of the museum, we do we will uh, like we seal all our envelopes here at the museum with sap from the spruce. Uh, so if you get any letters from the museum, they'll be sealed with the sass, uh, sass, uh, sap of the spruce. And you sit on what we call the great stone slab here, which is not just a bench, but it's also where we display a lot of the things for the museum. Uh, and we do activities. Uh, you know, I do. I, I, I'm. I'm just a professor. Uh, but uh, the, 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 you know, doctor, professor, whatever you you prefer. Uh, no, no questions right now. Thank you for coming to the museum, though. But you might be saying, well, what kind of mu- well? This is a museum of uh, great discoveries uh, that we've made. Because not only am I a professor, not only am I do I call myself a doctor. But I also call myself an adventurer. And it wasn't long ago that the museum was founded with the help of the NZDF. And that is a great, great organization. The National uh, Zone in Defense of Fun. 
and they were founded uh, to, to, to keep fun going, to create zones of fun. Uh, you know, because we can't all have all, it can't be all fun all the time, but sometimes you need to move into a zone of fun. And you need to find your way into the fun. And for, for myself, uh, you know, I, uh, Professor, what was it? Would I, uh, you just call me the professor for today. Or the prof, uh, I, I, just beyond the walls here, you'll see, you know, these, these bushes and the, uh, edge of the spruce in beyond it, some impenetrable bushes right here. But if we follow this trail down, uh, beyond the trail, just to the south of us, is uh, the entrance to the Great Bramble. And it's one of the great uh, undiscovered zones of this area. Until, you know, until I and my uh, brother, and uh, no, until uh, I started to explore the area. And at first, there was many people that said, don't go in there. There's, there's pricker bushes and there's brambles. And how are you going to, why would you go in there? And, or it's supper time, get it back inside. Or where are you? Or this is my, you know, people who doubt the fun. But I realized it was my duty uh, to enter the brambles. And, and, and you might say, Professor, how could you enter the brambles when there's brambles is just another word for pricker bushes? And I would say, great question. I say, well, there's many different techniques I've used. One is the crawl and the duck and the dodge where you try to work your way through. You also have the stick method where you hold out a stick and you push them aside and you creep through. But I have to tell you, when the summer day is the right temperature, when the humidity is at its perfect thickness, when the sounds of the bugs are in the air, and when there's not anything to do but adventure, you go into the brambles, you know, and just sometimes you could go with long pants and a shirt, but there, on those summer days, the brambles call, and the professor answers and goes in, and uh, no, I don't notice if it, uh, and, and then you, whatever the scratches or, or the, uh, you know, those are for later when you get in the bathtub and you say, oh, jeepers creepers. This was a time for trailblazing and a time for finding and a time to get beyond the brambles for the great woods of the beyond are out there in the fields of Fadar, Fafadar. And uh, the Otis, the rolling Otis Hills, and the great rock wall of mystery, so many things. And the professor entered there, and the professor came back, and many th now you say, Professor, what do you have to show us from your journeys? I'd say that is a good question. And if you'll step over to our first exhibit here. Uh, sitting on this rock, you say, what is that? Is that covered in dirt? And you say, yes, come in closer, gather around, pull up a, a, a seat on the dirt here. For this is an object from deep in the brambles. 
And you could just look at the corner of that. You can see it's covered in dirt and covered in rust, but that one sliver of shine there, brassy tint caught my eye. And I'll be honest, this wasn't what I was looking for when I was adventuring in the brambles. You know, I was looking for more, you know, like spy stuff or, you know, Indiana Jones level things. But I said, what is this uh, shining? And then my way was blocked by much more than brambles, but, you know, double thick, you know, the ones, the pricker bushes, they get really thick. And if you that I say, and then I saw it deep within some, and so I had to go fetch a blanket from my, you know my bunkmate's bed, and then sneak out of uh, the boarding house with it, and then throw it over uh, the thickest of the brambles, and walk on the brambles uh, to get them down. And still, I had to lean forward while the brambles were almost pushing, almost pushing my weight up. Reaching out with my hand, I saw the sparkle, and then it was caught. It was buried in the dirt. It was just this one edge. I thought it was a mat, you know, I thought it was a diploma. And I realized that it was much more, and then I pulled at it, and I yanked at it, and I finally broke it free. And, you know, my thumb, even one of my thumbs got, you know, scraped by a great bramble. And I clutched it in my hand, and I headed back to the museum. And unfortunately, I left the blanket there, and later it rained. But what is the cost of one day? It, well, I, I didn't leave the blanket. A couple of days later, I took it uh, and used it to, to clean up the dirt here and the uh, the dirt floor. Uh, so, anyway, not important. So, what you see in front of you is an artifact. What you see in front of you, some of you may say be saying that's a belt buckle. And I would say be careful what, before jumping to conclusions. Uh, the professor always looks at things for hours and hours before he makes his conclusions. And I'd ask you, would you like to hold this in your hand? Because you can. This is one of the few objects you may hold in your hand. I'll pass it around and I can see you tracing your fingers across the letters of this buckle. It's a buckle. You're correct. A belt buckle is a little bit like a looser of a term, I would say. Uh, because if you look at it and you look at the way the rust runs and you feel it in your hand, it feels much heavier than it looks. And it, it, it looks, you say, well, it looks heavier. It's heavier than it looks. Why is that? Because it's meant to hold something, not around the waist, but around the shoulders. And as you trace your fingers across what it says, it says the Bachelor NZ. The Bachelor NZ. And for a while, the professor faced this mystery. The heft of the weight of the rust of the dirt. Why would a buckle, at first even I was said, is this a belt buckle? Was somebody in the brambles and they removed their belt? Why? At first it wouldn't make any sense. They said, well, maybe their belt got caught on the uh, on the brambles. And they said, well, I'll leave my belt behind. And you say, well, it's possible. It's, it's possible, maybe even probable. But if you had a buckle... 
that declared that you were the Bachelor NZ. And NZ stands for Nationalist Zeal. Uh, what would... It, what would why, why would you leave it in, in a bramble bush? Did you forget it? Did you... It just leaves, so I say, I, I thought long and hard, and I returned, and I searched the area, as any good professor would do, and I looked up and down, and I said, well, maybe we're not just uncovering artifacts, uh, we're uncovering a story, and I looked for a leather belt, I looked for a cloth belt, and I found none, but I said, the bachelor ends a... Why, what went away, and I was on the path. And I headed somewhere in the brambles you rarely go, which is to the edge, uh, where the brambles come against another place, another property, where people trim brambles. And the brambles change to, to another kind of bush, uh, and where once you break through the brambles, you're you're free. You're in somebody else, somebody's uh, other non-adventuring zone. We call it uh, where they say, "Get out of my yard." But on the edge there, I began to search and 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 suspect that I would find something and find something. I did, and be here. Come, 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 join me. And you'd say, what is this? Is this a piece of cardboard tube? I'd say, no, it's hiding a dramatic reveal of this bottle, which I discovered on the edge of the Great Bramble. And you'd say, what is that? Is that a dragon bottle? And I would say it is a dragon warrior bottle. And I would say it isn't just any dragon warrior bottle. It was a dragon warrior bottle from long, long ago. From long, long ago, there was a, this started to make sense, because not only does it say that, but if you look in the bottom, now be careful as you handle that bottle. And yes, you say, why didn't you clean? Yeah, we don't clean off the dirt here at the Spruce Museum. We leave it on. For even the dirt tells a story, a story of the passing of time, of the pouring of rain. It's like our own form of carbon dating. But you'd see on the bottom of the bottle the letters N, the letters NRL. And that's standard for na- nationalist resistance with love. And these were words even the professor didn't know because they were words that had their own meaning to each person who gave the meaning to the words. Just like as you hold that object, it has its own meaning to you. The faded glass you can't see through. The moss-like thing that grew inside and then went away and left it inside that the professor chose to leave instead of scrubbing. And you'd say, well, professor, what does this have to do with the belt buckle? And it's, it's a buckle, not a belt buckle. And this, is a, this isn't just a bottle. It's a container. It's a vessel. For in this vessel was once a, a liquid Obviously, or it could have been, a, I guess it, it could be a low, it would be hard to get a lotion or a syrup out of here. 
And even now, this is still contains air. You know, it still contains air. And it has probably contained rain, but when I found it, it was on its side. Maybe even had some forest friends, some bramble, bramble, uh, bramble residents living in there. But it tells, it tells the tale. It was the second thing. For then, as I dug deeper and deeper, and I followed the paths, and I found the great wooden fence, and I said to myself, look below the fence, uh, maybe something someone would find. And I did, I found, I found this scroll, this tattered thing. And at first, you know, parental people might say that this was an old menu for a restaurant that had blown and gotten caught under the fence and then slowly the sun and the rain and the wind and the passing of time wore it away and bleached it out and you're you know they might say well these are the numbers that you used to order and these are these were where the we used to order food before you were born some people might say that but they'd be wrong this isn't a menu for a Chinese restaurant. It's not for takeout. It was a form of communication. For it became clear to me, you can see right here, the, the few letters that remain. It says W-E-L, all caps. That doesn't, what kind of uh, food is that? And then V N E W, and you say, well, no, 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 because this one says, and I say, well, that maybe says chicken. But this was a form of secret communication during a struggle that happened in the Great Bramble long ago. Why else would we have a bottle for dragon warriors and a belt for a bachelor in Z? Uh, because the Brambles was a, a field of, like, uh, like, uh, like conflict, I guess I'd have to say. The conflict that played out so long ago, only the echoes remain to be discovered by someone like myself and to be shared with all of you here at the Spruce Museum at the behest of, you know, in the name of having fun. It was a tale uh, long ago that I had to uncover piece by piece of the W-E-L-V-N-E-W. And that was the welcomers versus the news. Any, any new, any new, not news like a newspaper, but the welcomers versus the new people. And the new people had come to the Great Bramble on the backs of dragons and the residents of the Great Bramble at that time, you know, because of because of circumstances they carry beyond to another, you know, another day at another museum. They were mostly single men, and they were waiting in the Great Bramble. I think part of their you know belief system uh, for the delivery of the stuff they thought they deserved, and when they saw these dragons coming. Carrying these new people that were, they, they didn't like it. They said, well, these new people are coming to take the stuff that we're going to get one day. We don't want them here. And they said, well, these must be dragon warriors. And the dragon, they were. 
But they weren't looking for war. They just happened to be what they were called. They, they just happened to be warriors, but they were also scouts. And they had heard that one day the brambles fru- fruited and became great uh, prodigious makers of berries, which is true. And maybe uh, if you spent some time in our gift shop, you could have a berry mash, uh, which comes on the back of a stick, uh, which pretty clean stick. Uh, you could have a scoop of berry mash. And today's berry mash is sun-warmed. We have had, uh, you know, rain-cooled berry mash in the past, but today we have sun-warmed berry mash. Available for each and every guest here at our museum. And so that was the first clue I had. And then you'll see here now I have this piece of wood. And on one side you'd say, well, this looks, looks like the piece of a fence that has fallen off. And I'd say, well, when you turn it over, what do you see other than, you know, some, some uh, forest friends that are living on there? On the bottom. And, yeah, this is, wood's become mushy because but you'd see in there a carving in a first glance, you'd think it was carved in, and it says T.W. loves W.U. But it really says T.W.V. You notice that the heart does not, you just fill in the heart, but it's really just T.W.V.W.U. You're only filling in the heart with your imagination. Because you want the dragon warriors to love the bachelors, of course, or to enjoy the brambles together. Or, so, you know, we, we, we don't want conflict uh, between the new people and the people that just happen to be living in the brambles for some reason. But why does it say T-W-V-W-U, even if, you know, you say, no, no, that's just, it's, it's uh, T-W is now married to W-U, and they say, no, 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 that is not a heart. And they say, look at us, it's filled in with dirt, and I say, no, no, no. You are not a professor, and no, I will not wash. These are artifacts, not dirt under my nails. I won't wash this out for dinner ever. I won't, if, if that is the case, this is, this is history under my nails. Can't be cleaned away. But anyway, sorry about that. Being a professor sometimes is hard, living in a boarding house. But it says T.W., the warrior, Versus the Warrior Universal, which is strange. So these were the great champions of the Bachelor, the Warrior. And the Warrior Universal was the great, uh, you know, the the champion. And one day they decided that it would be easier for everybody if the two champions just met in the field of brambles. Now, unfortunately... The great myths of the world aren't familiar with the great bramble, which has no field. It is just a great bramble. And with pop and circumstance, everyone got mixed up and forgot about that. So then everyone came to meet each other, the two great champions, and they got lost in the brambles. And the brambles can get incredibly hot, even though you're in brambles. So they spent a lot of time trying to find one another. And when they did... Uh, they met in the middle of where there was kind of some room, but in between them stood a tall, tall bramble with nothing on any side. Well, it was something that would become the central bramble. Uh, you know, if I was, if I do write a book of history about this, uh, the great bramble, 
I, I, I'm more thinking, I watch too much Fraggle Rock, so I say, well, she would be the great brain anyway. On the top of the central or the great bramble, let's just do it. Was this, it was waving and it caught both the champion's attention. This that I keep in in my pocket. And you'd say, what kind of music? i say, well, this is a museum object I hold close. You'll see it's a piece of lace, much like a doily or a frilly thing. Once it was white and now it is brown and yellow. But the day it stood on the great bramble, it was flapping in the wind. And it caught the attention of both of the warriors. For the bachelors had not seen a piece of lace in thousands of years. And so their champion, the warrior, his heart leapt into his throat and he froze. And the warrior universal also froze. For he thought of all the cartoons he had saw where uh, great ladies of the cartoons would drop a handkerchief and he would get a feeling deep within him that he didn't understand even though it was a handkerchief but it had the lace around it and it triggered something in him and he didn't understand what it was, but it felt good and it felt a bit foreign at the same time. And he would watch the heroes and these training cartoons the dragon warriors used to watch. And he would feel something and he felt it now as he watched the lace flapping, flapping, flapping in the wind and they, they both went to reach for the lace, but it was just out of the reach for this was the great bramble, the central bramble. And then the bramble rumbled. And it said, stop your fighting. And they said, well, we haven't started, we've started fighting. We're just trying to get it. But it said, stop the arguing. This is a bramble. And the bramble is both a place and a portal to the woods beyond, and the two looked at one another confused, for they didn't understand the message the great bramble was trying to get across. But at the same time, they were uh, full of these other feelings as the lace went back and forth on the wind, uh, just out of their cheeks, and they said, who speaks? Uh, and they went from somewhere within, said, it is I, Adele, goddess of the brambles, goddess of the woods beyond, queen of the rain, sister of the sun, the birds sing my name. But she went on with a long, very, very long descriptive. Uh, we might say Mother Nature here. In the museum, depending on, you know, there's certain things I cannot see. You know, they say, well, this is a, they say, this is no museum of science. This is a museum of spirits. So maybe I'm going to lose funding from the NZDF. But he says, it's fun. It's not even, and they said, okay, got us. And they said, oh, and then they fell to their knees, you know, because they never heard a bramble. And then they said, and they never felt this way about a bramble with lace on the, the head of it, and they didn't know what was within the bramble. 
and they didn't know what was without. And I guess this is the time I might ask you to take one more leap as guests in the museum and say, were you picturing yourself there? Were you reflecting in the uh, the dragons or, you know, the, 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 the bachelors and imagining someone just like you? For these were creatures of the brambles, and uh, I don't say that to shock you or to distract you, yeah, but to let you know it was all the more real that these weren't humans there. But within the bramble there was something, and there was the lace waving on there. And they said, well, what, what, what can we do? What can we do to, okay, we won't do any fighting, uh, Adele. What can we do? Are you a bramble or, because I never had, you know, even though they were creatures of the bramble. And she said, she said, go and fetch uh, together Qatar GP. And they said, Qatar GP. And the dragon warrior said, well, GP, where I come from, stands for general practitioner. And then the, the bachelor warrior said, oh, well, uh, Maybe it's a berry, a general practitioner, like a doctor. And he said, oh, yes, yes, a doctor. He said, well, there, there's been a time, like, uh, without berries. Last year, there were no berries here in the brambles. And that's why we're a little bit more grouchy, because uh, we used to cover each other in berry juice every year. We had a great berry celebration. Well, we called it the Great Bachelor Berry. Uh, um, um, uh, the great bachelor berry party. And they said, well, uh, and, and she said, hurry. And, and, and they said, well, we don't know where to look. And she said, you, you, you sing to the birds and, uh, and sing to the bees. Uh, if you catch my drift, you'll find what you need. And they said, we don't understand. And she said, well, the bachelors have a great sack. They used to carry the berries. And I need go get some, go, there's just a deep within the, the woods behind is a, a beehive. I want you to bring it back here because there's no, that's why there's no bees here. And uh, they said, what? She said, trust me. So they headed out and they, they, they told their peoples, each peoples. Uh, and then they all met together and said, well, how can we possibly catch a beehive? Without, you know, the, 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 doing, you know, it doesn't make any sense. But then they had wise people among them, and they said, well, gee, well maybe the bees here will pollinate these berries, so that's why there's a... Uh... they said, well, can you move a beehive? Is that a good idea? And they said, well, no, no, the, the bees won't be happy about it, but I'm sure they'd be happy to relocate. Look at all the flowering brambles. They're just getting ready to flower. And they said, well, we, the, the, uh, the, the, the people that lived at the, the bachelor said, well, we got the sack. What, what else? And then the uh, dragon warrior said, uh, well, we, when we ride on the back of the dragons, none of us like heights. So we drink this, we have these bottles of this special juice. And it, if we, if you drink it, you don't, it doesn't, it keep, it's a, it's a magical, mystical thing from our land. And it makes you not worry about heights. So maybe if you two drink it, you won't worry about the bees. And so they drank, they shared a bottle, 
As they walked to the edge of the brambles, they finished it off, the two of them, bachelor and a dragon warrior. Then they cast the bottle aside. And they walked and they passed the great wall of walling into the woods beyond, past Paperboy Pond, and up to the ridge that looks out on the road. And there was the hive. And it was actually way more smooth because it was the perfect size basket or pack. And the, the, the bees, it was a warm, lulling day with just the right breeze. And so they took it and the hive dropped and it was actually like a, a, a mystical, probably because Adele's power was even there and it fell into the basket. And the bees weren't too happy, but those two had started to sing as the joy of the dragon juice hit them and skipped through the back through the woods. And they returned to the brambles, but as they returned, of course, the magical dragon juice had worn off, and also they needed to get the bees uh, someplace where they could, uh, you know, rehive. And they found the thickest bramble, and they said, this must be what Adele wants us to put it there for her. And they climbed in there because then they said, well, geez, now we don't know, like with the brambles too, they, they, they're kind of pokey. And they put the basket there. And over time, the only thing that remained was that buckle. It wasn't a belt buckle. It was a basket buckle or, a, you know, bag buckle. And there the basket remained and the bees, you know, they didn't remain there long they flew up to a tree that overlooked a great bramble and they rebuilt the hive and they made their, you know, they stayed there and they actually they moved their hive because they said, well, there's a little too much sun, but season after season they've stayed and they've spread the pollen and or pollinated or cross pollinated, whatever it is they do, they fly and they buzz and the blackberries returned, the wild berries returned. And soon the bachelors, uh, they said, hey, can we get a ride on those dragons you flew in on? Because it was, since we're bachelors, it's not the best idea for us to just stay here forever. And the dragon warrior said, well, you know, you were just making a big assumption that we were males. So, by the way, you know, let's all fly back uh, to where we came from together and... uh you know, follow the lead of Mother Nature. And they had found that there was a ton more lace. So all the dragon warriors uh, wore headbands. And all the bachelors wore armbands of lace. And they flew across the sky. And they left the great bramble to the bees and the berries. And the thick, thick growth that came, it got thicker and thicker. Until one day an adventurer came and uncovered this story bit by bit. Inch by inch he dug into the brambles and discovered for all of you. So that's it for our museum tour. I'm glad you came to see the objects I've uncovered here. And now it's time for some, uh, you know, some warmed berry on a stick because of the adventuring of those people's.
in the Great Brambles. I thank you for visiting the museum, and thank you. I hope you had fun. I can assure you that you'll have fun eating this uh, warm, sun-warm berry on a stick. And thank you, and please return to the Spruce Museum another day. Uh, good day to all of you. Thank you. Also, please put the buckle back uh, where it goes. Thank you. Say goodbye to the great stone slab. Say goodbye to the blue spruce and say hello to your berry on a stick. Thank you. I want to thank everybody that supports the show on PayPal, Karen, Robin. Thanks and good night. Alyssa, thanks and good night. Christian, thank you and good night. Meredith, thank you and good night. Uh, Tara, thank you and good night. Erica, thanks and good night. Uh, Lorraine, thank you and good night. Uh, James, thank you and good night. Ryan, thank you and good night. Uh, Sherry, thanks and good night. Matthew, thank you and good night. Caitlin, thank you and good night. Thanks and good night to Michael. Thanks and good night to Barbara. Kara, thanks and good night. Uh, Alyssa, thanks and good night. Writers Retreat, thank you and good night. Alphonse, uh, thank you and good night. Uh, Beamer, thank you and good night. Megan, thank you and good night. Ashley, thank you and good night. Uh, Lisa, thank you and good night. Dawn, Donna, thank you and good night. Aisha, thank you and good night. Margit, thank you and good night. And Karen, thank you and good night. And then over on uh, uh, Venmo, thanks to Dante, thanks to Lari, thanks to Derek, uh, thanks and good night to Elizabeth S., uh, thanks and good night uh, to uh, Senov, uh, thank you, Alexis, thank you, Bill K., the king of Venmo, thanks and good night, Mandy, thanks and good night, and Alexis, thanks and good night. And then over on YouTube, Rant, thanks and good night. Hayden, thanks and good night. Red Riding Hood, thanks and good night. Leanne, thanks and good night. Uh, Shannon, thanks and good night. Uh, Tiana, thank you and good night. Uh, Evie, thank you and good night. The Last Match, thanks and good night. Mark, thanks and good night. Nikki, thanks and good night. Uh, Memes, thanks and good night. Bingo. Uh, Alyssa, thanks and good night. Uh, Sean, thanks and good night. Gab, thanks and good night. Abigail, thanks and good night. Jenny G, thanks and good night. Zu, thank you and good night. Big G, thanks and good night. Tempest, thanks and good night. Derek, Joey's, thank you. Superfly, thank you. Sleepy, thank you. Trayvon, thanks. Eric, thank you. Kelly, thanks and good night. Uh, Jay, thanks again. Gail, thank you again. Evie, thanks again. Chocolate, thanks again. Raul, thanks again. Crystal, thanks again. Uh, Derek, thanks. Kyle, thank you. Renee, thank you. Uh, Nico, thanks. Uh, Justine, thank you. Arwen, thanks. And Farold, thank you and good night. Thanks and good night, everybody.